game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Theodore, top of the right circle. Eichel gets it back, looks for a screen, shoots, and that's off Skinner. Rebound, Eichel absorbs the check from Nugent Hopkins, centers in front, wall, back hitter denied, rebound, score! Nick Wall stopped by Skinner, and then on the second effort, he's able to backhand it home. And after missing 14 games, Waugh scores in back-to-back wins over Calgary and Edmonton. It's 4-3 in overtime. The Golden Knights win it. That is the goal that ends the Edmonton Oilers' five-game winning streak. Nicholas Waugh, 2:26 into the three-on-three, all alone in front, gets his own rebound. 4-3, Vegas is the final so the Oilers now 41 23 and 9 on the season and the Golden Knights keep racking up the wins 46 21 and 6 Los Angeles won earlier today so it gets a little tougher now for the Oilers in the quest for home ice advantage in at least the first round of the playoffs thanks a lot for joining us we're live in studio 99 for Heartland Ford overtime open line along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins well Rob another close game between these two teams the Oilers won 4-3 in overtime here at Rogers Place back on November 19th. The Oilers won 4-3 in regulation time in Vegas on January 14th. They're going to play again on Tuesday. It'll probably end <laughs> 4-3, but a, a tight game, and ultimately Vegas just a uh, couple plays better in the end. Yeah, I agree. I, I think in the, the important time of the game, the third period in overtime, uh, Vegas was the better of the two teams. The Oilers had the better chances earlier in the game. And I was surprised that Vegas played as well as they did in the third. They're missing some key players in their lineup. Uh, yet they came in and played a style of game that's conducive to the players they have. They they dumped the puck in from the blue around the, the boards every time they crossed the red line. They got on the four check. They always had the guy in the proper place defensively. They didn't give up anything in the neutral zone. Uh, there was no... Connor McDavid going end to end or Leon coming through the neutral zone with speed because Vegas did a good job of clogging it. So I do believe the 4-3 score was probably uh, indicative of the game. I thought the Oilers played good enough to get a point, but I thought Vegas was good enough to get two. Well, and that's that was really a turning point in the game, the first eight minutes of the third period. And for a while... And probably about 20 seconds before Vegas scored, I'm thinking, okay, Skinner's held them in. Yes. I mean, you can talk about the first two goals. Maybe he, you know, wants one back, whatever. But in that situation, it's 2-2, and all of a sudden Vegas is playing as well as they had all game, and, and Skinner had made a couple of great saves in the moments leading to the big goal. You know, and I know Edmonton eventually tied it and went to overtime on a goal. Brassois would obviously yeah. want back, but, but Vegas never trailed in this game, and the the period in which Skinner played the best the entire game Vegas still found a way to get one past him well it's funny I don't know if Skinner will get enough credit for how well he played in the third because there's a number of saves that he just made look easy Eichel had three golden chances himself there was one that was a back uh, a one-timer that Skinner was able to kick out his right foot and it was just bang bang all of a sudden but oh my goodness I can't believe got that twice Eichel came out from behind his own the net and went tried going upstairs on Skinner and Skinner just made himself big Skinner was excellent in this game 
but at the end of the night, he, he did make the first big save in overtime. But as uh, Bob and Jack alluded to, it was a tired crew out there. Nicholas Wahoo, to me, I'm surprised at his offensive prowess. He, he was good tonight, and I didn't know that he had that kind of offensive instinct, but he made a nice play on his rebound. So Skinner was good. Vegas was very good. In a game that they were missing a number of key players, Vegas came into Edmonton and got the extra point, which uh, doesn't shut the door on the others winning the division, but certainly makes it a lot harder. Well, seven points back with nine games to play. They're, they're not going to finish first in the division, and in, in my mind. Well, they'd have to go 9-0. and and even that might not. That be might enough. not. Well, they don't control yeah. their own destiny. Yeah. No, they'd I have mean, to go you play, nine. You play LA twice. If you beat LA twice, okay, maybe you could still get second, depending on everything else that happens. Well, but by the time the Oilers play again, they could be five points and seven points out of the two spots because LA plays tomorrow, I believe. So if they win against St. Louis, a team that they've they've been beating everybody, so they could be behind by five and seven with uh, even amount of games. No, it, to me, it looks like the Oilers are probably starting on the road. I still think it's going to be Vegas, but uh, I thought Vegas would be an easier out than L.A., but Vegas, the way they played tonight. I mean, this is, they've, they've gone through like nine goalies, it seems like, yet they still continue to find plays, ways to win. And as Bob and I just talked about upstairs, that was the best I've seen Jack Eichel play since he went to Vegas. He was excellent today. Well, and Vegas, I mean, they're deep. Even with some of the players they're missing, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of drop-off. They, they get in the way a lot of... Uh, I mean, we talked after the second period how many shots they blocked. They finished with 24 blocks to the Oilers' 15. The Oilers had more shot attempts, but, you know, but Vegas gets in the way. They're in the way on the forecheck. It's one of those teams, they make you earn everything. Yep. And, I, I mean, Petrangelo, rightfully so, gets a lot of attention on their back end. I thought Braden McNabb was uh, oh. just a nasty beast tonight. And, and I th like Hutton stepped in, and he's a guy that's in and out of the lineup, and only there because of injuries. White Cloud, I believe, he's looks like he's got he had a mask on, I believe, tonight. So he's coming he back coming from off a facial, facial yeah. injury. Uh, they are deep, and and the thing is, they they play a, a when the Oilers play when Connor's line or Leon's out line are out there they play one way when the third and fourth lines come out they play a different way and most teams like that they have a skilled line and then they have some uh, you know muck muckers out there well vegas it doesn't matter who's out there they all seem to play the same way they get to the red line they dump it in and go chase it and they and when you know that the guy that's got the puck on the far right side when he gets the red line he's going to dump it in if you're on the far left side you're going full speed right because you don't have to slow down you're not waiting for a pass and that's how vegas plays they're very good defensively uh, they're smart, and I know that you guys talked about it before the game, uh, and, and you saw tonight, they don't take a lot of penalties, which is key when you play against the Edmonton Oilers. They, they're they a very disciplined team, and I thought this I thought this was a well-refed hockey game, but they're a very disciplined team, and that's one thing that scares you playing Vegas in the playoffs because the Oilers can beat you in a series simply by their power play. Vegas, if you play against them, they don't give you a whole lot of opportunities. All right, so the Golden Knights win 4-3 in overtime. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. To find a lead in the game, I think they're a team that plays very comfortable style on the road, and especially when they have the lead. Um, you know, in the end, we fought back to, to get it to overtime, and they made a play in overtime, and we didn't convert in overtime. They found the extra point. Do you guys were just out there too long. They were able to make a change in the overtime, and your guys were... Yeah, you know what? I, 
thought uh, we just rewatched it there. I thought uh, Connor and Leon set the pace with a good start. Um, you know, I think uh, Nuge, and, Nuge and Kane um, had a couple chances. Um, they had a guy drop a stick, but they were able to get the line change, and, and uh, we blew a uh, coverage opportunity, and uh, it ended up in the back of our net. Um, they got the extra point. Do you think it's fatigue, like your minute 45 in your shift, does that play in at all to you? that missed assignment? Uh, probably. Yeah, I mean, when you're breathing through your eyelids like that, it's uh, it's tough to sort some stuff out. But, um, you know, um, you know, we I thought we had an opportunity to maybe get one guy off the ice um, at one point. But um, when you're tired, that's why you have a structure that you want to play towards. And, um, you know, I thought we had a coverage breakdown. And when there's a coverage breakdown in overtime, it's usually a grade A chance. We had, a, we had one or two chances. Uh, but they had the best chance, and they converted. Well, we're talking about how disappointing it was to not gain two points and have the other team, get, you know, get get their share, uh, and especially when you're chasing that team in the standings. Do you feel that way, given the kind of division? Well, I think it's disappointing we didn't get the two points tonight. Um, you know, I don't think. Uh, you know, I thought we did some good things, but I thought uh, the other team has certain um, attributes which make them a good team, and you know, some of the goals that we gave up tonight, I thought were preventable. Um, you know, the one on the penalty kill goes off a stick, lands on a guy's tape, and he, he puts it in. I get that, but uh, some of the other ones I felt were preventable. Um, we're going to take uh, the lessons from tonight's game. We're going to learn from it, and uh, we're going to be ready um, to travel properly tomorrow and then be ready for a really good Arizona team on Monday. Speaking of those lessons, is there some valuable intel to be gathered from this one, seeing this team face-to-face -face this late in the season? Well, I think what you do, um, you pay attention. Um, you know, I think both teams were prepared to play the game tonight. They did. Both teams did good things. Both teams had moments. I thought our best moments were in the second period. Um, you know, uh, but in the end, uh, we got one point tonight in the regular season. Uh, they found a way to score a goal on three and three overtime uh, off a breakdown. Did you sense that maybe Vegas last four or five minutes were just looking to get that game to overtime, knowing the standings, thinking we're going to be good here with a point? Mm, no, I think they were trying to win the game, and we were trying to win the game. I think um, maybe the people in this media scrum make a lot over like the standings, points, stuff like that. We're in the moment. We're trying to find the win. Um, you know, and the, the standings take care of themselves as you as you work your way down the stretch. Uh, if we continue to grow our game and get better, um, wherever we finish is wherever we finish. Tonight we got one point. We're disappointed we didn't get the second point. You haven't moved the lines around a ton because you've been playing well, but you yeah. did a little tonight. Did you maybe find some things that were new that you yeah, didn't yeah, mind? Yeah. I'm thinking about yeah. the Yamamoto line yeah. after that. You know, I thought Yamo got, got better. Um, not that he was playing poorly, uh, but I thought he got better when he went with Fogel and Bukestad. I thought that was a good line for us tonight. Um, you know, now's the time to try uh, some of that stuff. Um, you know, about halfway through the game, we put uh, Janmark up with McDavid, that type of thing. And, um, you know, we're, we're, this is the time of year to try it. And so I, I, I thought you asked the question of did we uh, maybe find out some stuff? I think so. Yeah, I thought there was some good stuff. Jay, uh, the opening goal, Lauren said, he goes, we actually went over that in the yeah. game. That, you know, yep. so when you go back and watch that, is it a misread or anticipation? What, what was lacking on that? Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was a fractured forecheck. And uh, when there's a fracture in your forecheck, sometimes uh, people are hesitant to play in between. And uh, that was 
was not something we normally do, and, and they ended up getting a, a break that, you know, we didn't want to give up against that team. And that goes back, uh, you know, even the, the third goal we gave up in the third period, I thought it was very preventable. Um, those are things we talk about, but that's what made that, them a good team. You tip your hat, they made some plays. Uh, in the end, we took it to overtime versus a really good team. They made a play in overtime. They got the extra point in three on three. So three games on this whole stand, all three go to overtime. Yeah. Are you comfortable with how your team's trending? Uh, it's kind of the time of year, you know what I mean? Points are hard to come by, uh, regardless of someone's record. Um, you know, I think, you know, for me, uh, I think uh, we're at the time of year where we're trying to work at our game. I think there were good parts, uh, and there's parts that we got to clean up. And um, that's going to be the goal here heading into Monday night versus Arizona. Okay, thanks, thanks. All right, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. The Oilers do indeed settle for a single point, losing to the Vegas Golden Knights 4-3 in overtime. And if uh, these two teams do, do play in, in the playoffs, it's, it's going to be an excellent series because, uh, I mean, it felt... can never really... I try not to say a regular season game felt like a playoff game because I think only playoff games can mm. feel like a playoff game. But you, you, start, you saw how these teams were playing. You, you, you saw the the style they were playing. You saw a little bit of, uh, you know, after the whistle stuff and that creeping into the game as well. Well, it, first, if they do play in the playoffs, uh, see what the line is and go over six every time because it's a 4-3 game every right. time they play. Uh, the teams know the importance of this game, and I know that Jay says they don't look at standings, and I believe that they're just trying to win games, but they also realize that there's a good chance that they could play Vegas in the first round. Or if they don't play them in the face first round, that they could play them in the second round. So they went in against a very good team tonight, and then they wanted to see what it was like playing against them. They they played them uh, smart. They, they There wasn't a lot of room out there. There was a little bit of nastiness, a little bit of physicality. Uh, it was, neither team wanted to give an inch, but both teams wanted to be disciplined. It, it, I said it was a well-ref game, and both teams were smart that way. They realized the other team had good power plays. So yes, I, I, it wasn't, there's nothing like playoff atmosphere and playoff intensity, but there is a difference in, ro in, in regular season games, and we've seen it over the years. There's a difference when you play Arizona and you play Toronto. Well, tonight, this was like a game against Toronto. Both teams knew the importance of this. Both teams wanted to send a message, and I'm sure that it'll even ramp up a little more when they see each other in a couple of days. Three stars tonight. Nicholas Waugh, the game winner, is the first star. Leon Dreisaitl had a goal and an assist for the Oilers. He's the second star, and Jack Eichel is the third star. He had a goal and two assists. He was dangerous all night long. Also uh, went 8 out of 15 in the faceoff circle. The fourth star is for Jandel Holmes. Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Anybody well, put forward? No bigger goal in the game than Warren Fogle. Third period with an absolute howitzer that beats Laurent Brassois. Uh, yeah, he, he scored a goal. It was plus one in a hockey game. And again, it's uh, the Edmonton Oilers for the last two and a half months have gotten import important goals from guys in their bottom six. Tonight, Warren Fogle scored a goal that got the Edmonton Oilers a point in this game. Yeah, well, he's up to 13 on the season. And he's a healthy scratch at one point. He's been yep. scratched at some point. And was it a howitzer? Or <laughs> this, that was, that was, it was we call that after a, some of the saves LB made, because well, LB made some good saves. That was a seeing eye yeah. single, that one right there. <laughs> um, well, it, it's funny. When Connor McDavid threw it back door to Ekholm, 
and Le Rock Bressois oh, went yeah. over there. And I up in the stands when we're watching it live, I thought, oh, that's a great save. But then you watch the replay, and you're like, oh my goodness, that is a really great save. Like that is fantastic. Uh, Bressois was good. Skinner, both goalies made fantastic saves, but also got ones that kind of. But I was, I mean, I was a little surprised that Eichel's goal went in early in the first. Uh, that's one that we usually see Skinner score. Having said that, Eichel is a goal scorer. Yeah. And uh, he had a lot of time and a lot of space, and he was able to put the puck exactly where he wanted to. So when you give guys like that uh, the opportunity to, to take the time to pick the spot, a lot of them are going to do it. So both goalies were great in this hockey game, made saves that probably kept their team in it at certain times, and both goalies probably would like to redo one of the shots. Well, it, 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 what was impressive about, I'm curious what you thought, because we've talked about McDavid. He's so dangerous because when he's carrying the puck, no matter where the puck is positioned in relation to his body, if it's on his stick, he's strong enough and proficient enough handling the puck to drive the net, pass, or shoot. And mm -hmm. we've seen, I mean, we've seen plays where he's not looking at the net, yep. but he shoots, and the goalie's thinking, great, I thought he was going to pass. And that was the play, so Bush pinches, they get a partial two-on-one, the pass across to Eichel was a little bit out of his reach. And I don't know what you thought, but but I thought when he got the puck, oh, he's he's been pulled away from the net. He's going to try to pass it back to the guy. And then he snaps the shot. So I wonder if, if Skinner is too all of a sudden thinking, okay, he's not in a good shooting position. But then again, the top guys, <laughs> they're always in the shooting position. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I was shocked that Eichel shot. <laughs> right. Because he did, he faded. He was looking past. And I think he got to the point where, okay, that play's not open. Now I'm going to put it on net, but it, the great players, they can shoot. And great players also, when they practice, it's funny when you take, go out with a bunch of young kids and you're passing them, like, no, 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 put it in my sweet spot. No, no, I, I like it here, I like it here. No, I'm going to put it all over here because right. not in a hockey game, in a real hockey game, it doesn't always come where you want it. So all the best players, they try shooting off of different angles, pulling their arms in, pushing their arms out, off their back foot, off their front foot, because in a game you never know which way you're going to have it and you want to be prepared to get the puck off. And that's what you saw with Eichel. He wasn't in the perfect shooting position, but he's so talented that uh, he just put the puck where he wanted to put it. And, and he and surprised Skinner. I think he honestly surprised Skinner on that one. But again, that was the best I've seen Jack Eichel play. He's a talented hockey player, uh, and that's the best I've seen him play since he's gone to Vegas. Vegas beating the Oilers 4-3 in overtime as we update the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for part service rentals or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. I mentioned the Kings winning. They beat the Jets 4-1. The Flames beat the Sharks 5-3. So those two results help Calgary. Seattle, 7-2 win over the Predators. Boston beats Tampa Bay 2-1. Flyers shut out the Red Wings 3-0. Minnesota wins at home 3-1 over Chicago. Buffalo 2, Islanders nothing, Rangers win 4-3 against the Panthers. Vancouver, they're out of it, but they're having a good month. A 3-1 uh, win over Dallas. Montreal ringing up the Blue Jackets, 8-2. The Devils, who clinched the playoff spot before this game, thanks to some other results, but they beat the Senators 5-3. Hurricanes, uh, a late goal, and then an empty netter to beat Toronto 5-3. Penguins beat the Caps 4-3. And the Blues outscore the Ducks 6-3. Oil Kings lost their final home game of the season 3-2 to Calgary. They're at the Hitman tomorrow at 1 to end it off. And the Oilers farm team, Bakersfield, losing 5-1 to San Jose. That is your Edmonton trailer scoreboard. Okay, we got more post-game reaction coming up. Uh, you're going to hear from uh, Matthias Ekholm and Leon Dreisaitl. 
and we're happy to hear from you as well. The Certainty hotline is 780-496-0063. Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. We're live in Studio 99. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Nugent Hopkins back to center. Up the right-hand side, not the cleanest of exits, and now Kessel from Waugh, centering pass. Wrist shot, save made, Skinner. A lunge across to deny Braden McNabb, who's frustrated he could not bury that. There's the save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner stops 30 out of 34. Brassois stops 27 out of 30. LB gets the W. Vegas 4, Edmonton 3 in overtime. Brassois, one of the mini Golden Knights who have been injured this season, playing for the first time since February 25th. He improves to 2-2 two two in his career against his former team. The Edmonton Oilers. Vegas Golden Knights excited that one of their injured goalies made it through the game tonight. Yeah. As Logan Thompson came back from injury and didn't survive the game against Calgary. Did you see, or oh, you might have had your event on Thursday, when Logan Thompson went to go to the bench when the net was off? I did not see that. Okay, so it was in the third period against Calgary. I think they were up 2 at the time because they won 3-2, right? I think it yes. was 3-1. So the net got knocked off, but it was one of those where it's off by, I don't know, four inches so it'd be, it wouldn't be obvious to tell mm. so vegas got the puck and they went on the attack he skated to the bench and then he gets to the top of the circle and you can see him kind of waving because he's like okay when calgary gets the puck they gotta blow it dead let's put an extra attacker on which is actually pretty cool thing. very smart play so then finally and then he he started to go off and then calgary gets the puck and he didn't make it back, and Calgary scored, and then they looked at it and said, okay, the, the, net, the was net was off. off the whole time. But that's I love those little details, things in a game. Very, very smart play. Yeah. Like, you, you think they should have, like, a code word or something where well, and I, I'm I, sure they do now, I bet. Well, true, but I, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen that ever done before. I mean, that's someone that's very focused on the game, and, and to, to think of something like that in the middle of a, a heated battle, what a great, great thought by by Thompson. Unfortunately for him, getting getting injured after coming back. Like he, from the looks of it, he had a fantastic game. Yeah, I think he had 37 saves. Yeah, but then saves. he left the game like quick. Yeah. Finish the game. Yeah, that's what I mean. So there's they finally get their, I guess their backup goalie back because Leonard was their their starter, uh, and then he gets hurt again. This this Vegas team has been cursed the last couple of years with injuries, yet they just continue to find a way to to win hockey games. Uh, that's a credit to their whole organization and the depth. They got guys coming up, filling in spots, and they don't look out of place. All right, 4-3 Vegas in overtime. We'll get to a couple of your phone calls in a minute here. Down to the Oilers dressing room. Matias Ekholm. That seemed like a monster shift there in overtime. You guys are, were caught in little gas there. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair to say. I thought we kept them on the outside I mean, all, all up until that last um, play that they scored on. So, um, yeah, obviously that's that's what we're trying to do um, in overtime, trying to keep them out there, keep our guys fresh and get some changes on them. But um, obviously they managed to do it with us that time. Yeah, it just happens that way sometimes. In overtime you get stuck out there. And 
they get a change you don't. Well, we, we were on the attack there for a little bit, and then that's usually if you, if you lose the puck in the offensive zone, it's hard to get off, and they're going, and uh, yeah, then you just, then obviously they know we're gassed out there. They're not taking any chances. They're just rolling around and getting fresh guys out there. So, um, yeah, good job on them. You're, uh, you're familiar with Vegas, obviously, but playing them the first time with your new team, how do you kind of feel about, about the matchup, especially with the possibility of these two teams meeting in the playoffs? Yeah, I think the teams play, I mean, they're built pretty much the same way. They have some really high-end guys up, up front, and uh, so do we, and, and I think they're a solid team. I thought tonight was a really good hockey game. I thought both teams played well. I thought we had chances to win it. I thought they did as well. So um, hard, hard-working game, and, and you, as you see, it comes down to the little, little details all the time. So that's where um, I thought we were decent tonight. I thought we were as good as they were. I thought we could have won the game as much as they did, but um, they got, got it on top tonight, and, and we'll have to learn from it. I can't say no, it might be hard to say, but how do you think this result could impact you guys trying to win the division? Do you thought much about that? or yeah. Not really. Um, to be honest with you, obviously you want to get it, finish as high as you can, but um, just focused on this this game tonight. Haven't really checked the standings. I know we're doing our thing, and as of late, so just trying to focus on that. You're always having to fight back very early in the game. They score, you score. They score, you score, and then they have another chance. And they score, you have another chance to come back. Yeah, you can look at it two ways. Obviously, you, you don't want to fall behind uh, at, at any point in the game, but uh, at the same time, there's a great resiliency in this team, and, and guys, I think even those other two games we had this week, we had to fight back and, and crawl back and, and, and get points and then get wins, so um, to get five out of six this week is, is still pretty good, but uh, obviously right now it's, it's no fun to, to lose, but um, yeah, you got to look at the big picture sometimes. All right, that is the Viking, Matthias Ekholm, Minus two tonight, rare uh, evening where he takes a couple minuses, played exactly 23 minutes, two shots on goal, two hits, and two blocked shots as the Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to Vegas. That's a $300 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They no donate 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. The Oilers goal scorers tonight, Rob Hyman gets his 31st, Drysaddle gets his 45th, Fogel gets his 13th so nobody gets to 300 so dry settle kane mcdavid all at 299 now it's a race <laughs> now it's a race in arizona in front of the big crowd of 5,000 people so don wins a 50 dollars river tree resort and casino gift card i set the line at one and a half for how many Oilers would get to 300 tonight it was zero set the line for river tree resort and casino excitement bet on it we have Frank on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Frank. Thanks for calling. Guys, uh, I'm going to agree with Rob in that I, I think he's right when he says Edmonton and Vegas are going to match up in the playoffs. Uh, and so, and they'll probably go six, seven games easily. So I guess my question is, and a lot of the guys talking tonight were saying that uh, because of the point spread, we're probably not going to be able to catch them. Do the Oilers change strategy and maybe start to restrict the amount of minutes that are played by the big boys and maybe even give them a game rest here or nope. there and in nope, the back-to-back or not? No, nope, they won't do that. They're, maybe when they clinch. Yeah, they're, the end, no, not, even, not, not when they clinch. The, no, like the very last the game. The last game. They'll, well, that'll all depend. If it doesn't affect them. If it doesn't standings. affect them. Up until then, and, and I mean, Jay Woodcroft just talked about it. He said that we're not focused on standings. We're focused on winning hockey games. So when they get down, I think the last game of the season is in, is it Seattle or San Jose? It's one of the two. San Jose's uh, here. 
Yeah, so that's the last game of the season. If that game means nothing in the standings, then you might see some players take the night off. Other than that, the Edmonton Oilers, will, they'll, they'll be trying to win every game up until that moment. They won't be resting any players. Yeah, and it takes, as we know, I know New Jersey clinched today, but it takes a while to formally clinch. I mean, they're, you're 10 points ahead of Calgary, uh, 11 ahead of Nashville, so clearly in a great spot. But the way they, they calculate it is how many points yeah, but, can the other team get to. But so the Oilers, they're, they're, they know they're in the playoffs. And Jay Woodcroft talks about it. He keeps talking about game 83. They're right. planning for game 83. So they know they're in the playoffs, but they're still, they want to continue to get good process, win hockey games. If they can get home ice in the first round or possibly the first two rounds, they're going to try and do that. And actually, they can get it for the first three rounds. I mean, the team that wins their division could win the conference. So that would be important to them. But they could go down to the last game of the season. But to me, the only game that they will think about sitting players out will be in the final game of the regular season. Whenever the Oilers score five or more, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. Vegas gets the victory tonight, 4-3 in OT. 2-1 Vegas after one, 2-2 after two. Marsha Show and Fogel scored in the third, and then Waugh gets the winner from Eichel and Theodore in overtime and you could sort of sense that coming because the Oilers second threesome they were tired Hopkins and Kane and Ekholm couldn't get off the ice and Vegas was able to change and you saw Vegas a couple times they just kept coming up high and they're just waiting for that moment where they could start to pounce and they had the good opportunity and then it was a race for a, a rebound that up went against the boards and Vegas was just a little bit fresher and then I, I think it was Ekholm wasn't able to get to the front on Nicholas Hoy, I mean, nice play. Skinner made the first save, and then it, the second one, big reach of Hoy gets around the outside pad. But that's the key in in overtime, and that's one of the rule changes that they made by having the benches yep. on the opposite end, so you can't make an easy change. You can't sneak a guy. No, because a lot of the doors are inside the, the blue defensive line. zone. It w- would have been the defensive zone. So, but no, this way they they make. You're, if you're going to change, you're going to have to skate a long way. And Vegas was smart. They they got them. They knew they were tired. And at that point, it was just a matter of either you're getting a really big save or the game was going to end. And unfortunately for the others, the game ended. 780-496-0063. We have Bob calling in tonight. Hi, Bob. Go ahead. Yeah, how are you guys doing this evening? Good. Just wondering, uh, does the officiating uh, be scrutinized, or is there any accountability for the referees? Of course, of course there is, Of course there is, I mean, I don't know the nuts and bolts of behind the scenes on this. And uh, I'm bringing this up. There was one huge missed call. Uh, one of their guys ran our guy right almost through the damn boards. The referee was 15 feet away watching the play and never raised the arm and called a penalty. It was ridiculous. And there was another missed call and an interference. I mean, can't we not raise some uh, cock-cock over this? Or I, th- I thought this. I thought it was a well-refed game tonight. Both teams are going to be upset with calls that were called or not called. I thought this was a well-refed hockey game. I know the one you're talking to. I didn't think it was a cross-check. He pushed him. I don't think it was a cross-check, and that's what the ref decided there, that he was pushed into the boards. We've seen some poorly ref games this season. This wasn't one of them. This was a, a well-refed game and a well-played hockey game. Um, there, I, You won't see the Oilers complaining about the way that the refs 
uh, made had this game. This was this was done well. The, the referees are rated after every game. They're scrutinized, and the best refs get to play to ref in the playoffs. The the ones that struggle during the regular season, they don't. Yeah. So the, the NHL says virtually nothing about the refs publicly. Nope. Um, when was it last season when I talked to Tim Peel? I, I wish I could remember the story now, but he he talked about making a mistake in a playoff game, and that was it. Yep. He didn't get any other playoff games. No, and, so that's he, he, and I've said this to people before. If you if you have watched enough games this year that you seriously think there is a ref or two that isn't doing a good job, write down their names, and then check the play every playoff game summary. I'm, I'm serious. Like, no, it's I'm true. Not, I'm not being sarcastic. No, it's true. If you're actually that. Uh, like if you really think there's one ref that isn't competent enough for having a good season, track his playoff games. I, I'm being totally serious. And playoffs are huge for refs because it's it's money. Yeah. It's big money. It's a notoriety, reputation, but like reputation, everything. Yeah. And that's every, just like the players play to get in the playoffs to play in the Stanley Cup Finals. The refs ref to get into the playoffs and to ref in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's huge to them. So uh, today's I thought today's game was well refed. I thought this was a really good hockey game that the Vegas Golden Knights were just a little bit better in the end to win but I thought the players played well the refs the refs were good the goalies it was just it was a good game to watch and I look forward to well we're going to see the game against Arizona but I look forward to these two teams playing again in a couple of nights the, the, I think I know which play he was it Buk was it Bukes yep, in the corner down? yeah, yeah. And, and here's another thing you have to remember okay you can debate that that should have been called hasn't been called earlier in the season as we often say, Rob, there's a difference between bad rule enforcement mm -hmm. and maybe a rule that, as a, as a fan, you, you think shouldn't be the rule. But you have to remember, these rules are made by Teams. the coaches, GMs, yeah. and players, really. Yeah. I mean, through a collection of, uh, of, of talking about stuff. And, and, and you and I have talked about this, that I certainly think there's too much cross-checking in, yep. ge in general. But... <laughs> That one wasn't across. That one he pushed in the boards. There was one earlier too that Costin came and drilled. I think it was, oh, number 17. Was that Hutton? 17 for, yeah, Ben Hutton. Drilled him into the boards again from behind. But just as Costin got there, he held up a bit. And the referee said, okay, you didn't try to drive him through the boards. You held up a bit. I'm going to allow that to happen. That's why I thought it was a, a well ref game because the referees watched the flow of the game. And the one where Bukestad got hit into the boards, that no call, that was when Warren Fogle scored. So if they call that, that Warren Fogle scored. Did Vegas touch the puck after that? I can't remember. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that's when Fogle went down. I mean, they would have, they would have got a, they could have got a power play, but right. they, they wouldn't have got a goal. Yeah. If they were so, to me, it was, uh, it was, it was a non-call. It's funny. I had a couple of buddies text me about it at the same time, and I'm like, he pushed him. Um, I didn't see. I, I know that some people. I got a couple texts. Connor went down in the slot. That one I missed. Oh, McNabb cross checked. Yeah. See, I missed that yeah. one. I didn't see that one. Uh, Connor wasn't happy. I know that much. But but here's the thing, and, and like Vinny DeHarnay could get called for cross-checking <laughs> probably 18 times in the game. <laughs> so if you're gonna complain about Oilers guys being cross-checked, then you're to me you're basically saying I don't want Vinny to play that way. <laughs> I don't think any Oilers fan is gonna say that, quite frankly. Yeah, Vinny gets his money's worth too. And the thing is, everybody cross-checks at some point, but when William Carlson cross-checks you. It doesn't feel the same as when Vinny DeHarnay cross-checks you. Yeah, or McNabb. Or McNabb. Who was very involved tonight. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, and it's funny, and they both do the exact same amount. It's, it's just like a little jab, but there's a jab when you cross-check a guy, Reed, 
as opposed to Marty McSorley, who's standing yeah, over there. If he cross-checks you, you can have the same little jab, but somebody's hurts a little bit more. DeHarnay McNabs, their cross-checks, they hurt a lot. Yeah, and that's the stuff with Kessel started on a previous shift. Yes. And, and speaking of stuff that was missed, so earlier in the period they were jousting in front of the net, and they then they broke apart, they skated back up ice, and, and Vinny two-handed Kessel in the back of the lake. And the ref saw it. Yep. The ref saw it. He decided, yeah. oh, okay, they were, I'll give him one. Yeah. You know, and then obviously they, I mean, good for Kessel. I mean, I know he's been through that literally thousands of times because he's played over. Well, it was funny. They went to the penalty box and DRNA had no helmet on and he was staring at Kessel the whole time, swearing and ready, just like, look at me. And Kessel just had his head down, took some water. He's like, yeah, I've been here before. You're not going to bother me. I've got my 15,000 games. I'm all good, Vinny. Vegas winning it 4-3 in overtime. Our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Well, our quick change is just going to be the uh, standings update. Vegas, 98 points in 73 games. LA, 94 in 72. Edmonton, 91 in 73. As I mentioned on the face-off show, if you just did the standings in the month of March, Four of the top five teams in the NHL are from the Pacific. L.A., Vegas, Edmonton, and also Vancouver, who won't matter much for them. They're having a really good uh, month, so things are, are heating up. You know, you know who's not happy that Vancouver's having a good month? All the fans in Vancouver that want Connor Bedard. Yeah, we're basically <laughs> saying, well, if it's going to be this, this bad. And, you know, and here's the thing. Arizona, they're kind of in a weird spot. They're probably going to finish seventh in the in the conference, but I, I was saying to Bob the other day, like before the season, I, I asked Bob, do you think Arizona or Chicago might not even win 20 games? And he said, well, they'll, they'll win 20. They probably won't get to 30, but Arizona actually probably will get to 30. Yeah, I was I was shocked at how well they played the other night, and they're doing this consistently. It's not like a one-off that came into Edmonton, and that was their Stanley Cup. They had a really good game against Edmonton. They're doing that each and every night, and it's just simply work ethic because that Keller who is having, like, I don't know if people realize how good a season. He's got 35 goals, I believe it is now, on a team with nobody else that really does anything offensively. Well, their number one line's a legit top six line. Oh, like, no, because his centerman was at Hayden or something well, like well, that. Schmaltz was pretty good. Schmaltz, Schmaltz, but Schmaltz he's, is good. He's a, he's, he's a third liner on most teams nowadays, and Hayden, the centerman, well, he's, fair enough, yeah. So, so he's doing it by himself, and I'm like, wow, how can this team continue to, to, to cause people problems? But they play a well-structured game, and they, they, the work ethic is fantastic, and that's a testament to a team that, even though where they are in the standings, they're trying to, you know, th whether it's a contract next year, spot in the NHL next year, they're trying to send a message to the coaching staff and the general manager that we want to be part of what we got going forward here. All right, Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to Vegas. Leon Dreisaitl scored. You will hear from him when we bring you back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And Mark tried to find Kane. Oh, a big hit by Bouchard on William Carlson. Evan Bouchard, an impactful start to this third period. Yanmark took Hutton down, laid it off to McDavid, then got it back, back door, and it was there. And Ekholm unable to make stick on puck. Evan Bouchard delivering the crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting Bouchard with 
three hits tonight. Hyman led the Oilers with four. Three-way tie, actually. Nurse and Kulak, four-way tie. They just keep finding guys with four hits. Four-way tie. Hyman, Nurse, Kulak, Kane, all with four hits. Oilers with 36 hits tonight. Vegas with 25. Braden McNabb, five hits for them. And uh, Keegan Kolasar also with five hits for the Golden Knights, who win 4-3 in overtime against the Edmonton Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl scored a power play goal. He has 45 goals on the season. Here he is. Wait, what'd you make of the way you guys played tonight and when you battled for a point there? What'd you think overall? Uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty solid. Uh, thought we were pushing for most of the game. Um, yeah, obviously would have liked to get the extra point, but um, yeah, all in all, solid game, I thought. What'd you think of coming back? I mean, that's a really good team, and three times you came back to at least get it to overtime and get the point. Yeah, um, we're a good team, too. So we're not going to go away. We're uh, we're going to keep pushing and, and uh, you know continue to you know to try and try and tie things up in, in games like these. So um, yeah. is there a law of averages? You guys were playing from behind quite a bit the last few games and catching up and catching up and catching up, but eventually you, you run out of chances to catch up. Maybe <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. Um, I mean, we just played a really good team. Uh, we got a point. Uh, if we capitalize on some of our chances, probably going to win the game. So, yeah. I think before the game said it felt like a playoff type of game. Do you feel like it, it kind of lived up to its billing? Was it the atmosphere, everything involved in the game? It felt like kind of a playoff game to it? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a tight game. Uh, it's, it's what you expect in the playoffs. Um, obviously, a team that we could face. Um, so. Um, I think we, we know how to handle these these types of games, and obviously tonight didn't go our way, but, um, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll take the point. Maybe put it a different way, your starts, like, are you, I know that's something you guys have worked on over the, the year and even in the last year, but where do you think you're at with sort of starting on time consistently enough? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, we, we talk about in the dressing room. Um, you know, we want to come out... Uh, you know, with good legs and, and, and have her get to her game first. And, um, you know, some nights it works better better than others. So definitely something we can continue to, to improve. So with nine games left in the season, how close are you guys to the finished product? Where do you want to be? Uh, I mean, I think we're playing, we're playing good for the most part, um, playing some good teams. Uh, you know, no one's going to give you anything for free, but... Um, yeah, I think I think we're playing all right. Uh, a couple things we got to clean up, and then uh, you know, I think we're ready to go. All right, that is uh, Leon Dreisaitl. A couple more points tonight after a four-assist effort on Wednesday, and the Oilers do indeed settle for a single point overtime loss, 4-3 against the Vegas Golden Knights. So the Oilers 41-23 and 9, 91 points with nine games to go. The next game presented by Friesen Brothers is going to be Monday at Arizona Coyotes. Our first look at Mullet Arena. Six o'clock for the face-off show, and the puck will drop at eight here on 6.30 Chet. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer tonight, and to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great Sunday.